For anyone suffering or working with those who suffer from a traumatic brain injury, the movie Quiet Explosions is essential to watch. Beautifully directed by Jerry Scher, who has captured the very essence of what it's like to live with a brain injury and the ripple effect on people's lives. Heart-rendering, groundbreaking, and just amazing to see the level of assessment and treatment being offered to these patients with outstanding results with doctors who are leading the way. Mandy Bostwick, specialist, trauma psychotherapist, working with military personnel and veterans with brain injury, United Kingdom. In this episode of 21 Gun Podcast, I had the chance to talk with Jerry Scher, a two-time Emmy Award-winning filmmaker. This November is the release of her latest film, Quiet Explosions. The movie is based on the book Tales from the Blast Factory by brothers Adam and Andrew Marr, which chronicles Andrew's journey to recovery from blast wave trauma while serving as a Special Forces Green Beret explosives expert. Andrew and his brother are now both retired from the military and founded the Warrior Angels Foundation, which is dedicated to TBI treatment, education, and research. Andrew recovered from the effects of the debilitating brain injuries by receiving innovative treatment protocols from Dr. Mark Gordon, who practices neuroendocrinology. I had a lot of fun recording this episode. Uh, this is something that's very, I'm very, very passionate about. I'm a, I'm a patient myself of Dr. Mark Gordon. To check out, or if you're interested in finding out about treatments for TBI, maybe you have PTS and you've never been diagnosed with TBI, you might actually have TBI. So head over to Warrior Angels Foundation. I think it's waftbi.org. I believe that's the the website off the top of my head. But again, it's a fantastic resource for so many veterans uh, suffering from the effects of PTS or TBI, which is kind of the hallmark injury of the global war on terror. Uh, I hope you enjoy the interview. You can find out more about the film Quiet Explosions on quietexplosions.com or like their Facebook page to get updates on the film. You can also head over to Jerry Share. that's J-E-R-R-I-S-H-E-R, uh, jerryshare.com to learn more about today's guest. Obviously, head over to irreverentwarriors.com for a list of all upcoming hikes. And lastly, head over to 21gun.net. Spell it out, 21gun.net for everything 21gun, our um, social media, latest episodes, highlighted episodes, email content, all that stuff, 21gun.net. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the show. And without further ado, Jerry Share. Andrew then got me in, in touch with Jerry Shear, and I said, who's Jerry? And he said, she is making a documentary called Quiet Explosions, um, which features people who are suffering from traumatic brain injury or non-traumatic brain injury, and we'll talk about that coming up, who have uh, adopted Dr. Gordon, and there was a few other doctors you, you might be able to mention during the, the show, but there's a few other doctors on there, and the, the, he's been able to turn lives around. Um, so that's that's a long, <laughs> that's a long introduction, um, but it, you know it, it's a story that has personally affected me, personally affected my family. So I'm very excited to to have you on. Thank you so much. It's really an honor to be on. Believe me. We have a lot of veterans. I want to say 99% of our listeners are veterans, and just from the ones that I know, I know there's a lot out there that could use some help. Um, they have you know, vague symptoms, these, you know, migraines and chronic pain. And it's like, what is the problem? And, and it, it, it's hard to find an answer. And I keep trying, I keep trying every time I talk to him, I sound like a broken record, especially on this podcast, Dr. Gordon, 
Millennium Health, Warrior Angels Foundation, TBI, uh, just because I know it can change the minds. So let's talk about your journey that took you from Fall River Mass to being an Emmy award-winning filmmaker. Well, thank you. And the Fall River actually has something to do with the Andrew Marr story, believe it or not. Wow. Um, yeah, there was a girl I used to babysit for when I was 16 in Fall River, and she was one of the editors on Andrew Marr's book, Tales from the Blast Factory. And she had been following my career my whole life, and I had no idea that she knew I moved to California and I had all these, you know, movies under my belt, and then I won the Emmys. So she wrote me a little email one day out of the blue and said she was working on this book by Green Beret and it was pretty phenomenal and she thought I should make the movie of this. And she and I said, Well, this sounds great, but everybody tells me they have the best stories since sliced bread, <laughs> but you know, I gotta see the galleys. So I read the galleys and I was very taken with Andrew, but I was also even inspired by the doctor because Dr. Gordon was in my backyard in Encino and I'm like, right. Oh my god, I, I gotta know more about this. So she put me in touch with Andrew and uh, we talked. He was in Texas at the time and he wanted to fly out here to meet me and see my work. Uh, I was leaving a, a couple in two weeks to go to Australia, New Zealand on a big job. So he came right away and he looked at my work and he said, you have the rights to the whole story. And um, I said, Andrew, I'll do it under one condition. It's going to be a third military, a third athletes and a third civilians, because I sure. felt like traumatic brain injury, PTSD, depression, anxiety, it really affects millions and millions of people from all walks of life. And even though my husband is a veteran and my dad was a veteran and my all my uncles, I still felt like there's other parts of the population that we could encompass. So that's when the journey started. Um, it's so weird, these little connections that we seem to make through life that end up uh, helping people. Um, you know, it just, for me sitting here in front of this audience of reverent warriors, all it is, is people who know people and connect people and say, I think you would like this story. And I think you would like this story and, and things happen from there. The thing too, is you always have to remember, uh, first, I'm, I'm so glad you made this movie because like I said earlier, it's, it's reaching people's lives. And even if it's one here and one there, you're, you're absolutely changing in a life. Uh, the movie's going to be out on, on Amazon. Is that right? For people to download? It will be, um, VOD streaming, uh, Amazon and Vimeo in November. And then by early 2021, it'll be on Amazon Prime. So there'll okay. be platforms in uh, early November on, um, you know, you can buy the DVDs and it'll be streaming. Yeah. Um, what's <laughs> what's funny about the, the this whole story, too, is before COVID hit, we were all supposed to meet out in, um, you might be able to tell me better. I've never, I've, well, I have been to California, but it's 3,000 The American miles. Legion Theater. There you go. We were going to meet out at the American Legion Theater. Uh, it was going to be a showing for mostly veterans, right? Yes. Yes, we 300 gonna, to 500 veterans. We were going to have Andrew Marr there. I had a bunch of veterans that um, from Reverend Warriors that were going to go. Uh, Joe Rogan was going to be there. And COVID made it all fall apart. <laughs> yeah it was so sad and to this day it's just killing me that we weren't able to pull that off uh, and actually i got home march 8th after being at the spokane film festival and that's the day everything changed in our lives but yes at least we got to show it in spokane and we did win the top prize there but i will tell everyone if you go to our quiet explosions facebook page then you'll get all the details of you know the exact day it's coming out and the quotes from doctors 
newsletters and posters and pictures and so on. So it's the Facebook page, Quiet Explosions. Right. Like and it's, it. a remark it's a remarkable story. I like that. Um, it's obviously inspired by Andrew Marr's experience, but there is off a memory of just watching it, what, a, a, a dozen or so other people that share their stories on there. And they, they're everyone from um, sexual assault trauma. Um, obviously, your, your athletic trauma, there's football players and, and uh, surfers. And then uh, I believe because I, I saw it at the end and I saw Alan share and I said, wait a minute, I think that's Jerry's husband that was yes. on there. And his was That's a non-traumatic brain injury, correct? Well, you know, I was making this movie long before Alan was in it. And <laughs> Dr. Gordon and Andrew and I were together at a conference. And we were just, you know, sitting around a fireplace one night chatting and uh, talking about our private lives. And I told them a little bit about my family. And my husband had been very sick at the age of 50 with a severe heart attack and, you know, couldn't work anymore and had no short-term memory. And, of course, Dr. Gordon said, I think I can help him. It's the same thing that's happened to all these people with traumatic brain injury. And I'm like, really? No, there's no way. That was 23 years ago. Wow. He said, yeah, we can help him. So I told my cinematographer, let's just follow this story as it's happening, as it's unraveling. We don't know what's going to happen. I never expected there would be any improvement. But all of the other stories are backstories. So we, we followed Alan. And sure enough, he's been on Dr. Gwynn's protocols for almost two years now, and he's doing really great. And it's a miracle, a total miracle. So even for people who undergo tremendous surgery for 10 hours where th there's not enough blood getting to your brain and you have brain impairment, these protocols can help, especially Absolutely. people like even Sebastian with, you know, 9-11 is in two days and my heart just goes out to him. You know, he was one of the survivors from 9-11 and first responder and, you know, he has survivor guilt and he has tremendous PTSD. Well, he's, you know, getting better now slowly. I mean, all of these people, it's not just, you know, being in a car crash or, or, or having blasts in Afghanistan, you know, things like that. I mean, it could be, it could be so many different things that happen to your brain. Oh, absolutely. And the the traumatic or the, I should say non-traumatic, but that doesn't really encompass it. I would say non-blunt force uh, uh, brain injuries are, are just as severe. What people don't realize, um, and this has come after studying medicine now for 10 years, is that the human physiology is so delicate and you take one thing out of the equation, it can cause the whole house of cards to fall. Um, these are very rudimentary, very basic, uh, I guess we would say supplements that just need to be boosted up a little bit that can get the brain working again. I, I often thought, why, why now? Why as humans, you know, cause people have been hitting their heads for, for thousands of years, I'm pretty sure. But why is it now that we are, are, are suffering so much pain and so much, um, uh, the effects of TBI. And I think the easiest thing is couple, couple the trauma with, the 21st century, which is um, not getting enough vitamin D, which is uh, sitting on our couches, working inside. Um, the food isn't always the best. Exercise isn't always there. And you, you add all that together and it's a recipe for absolute disaster. You know, in medicine, we're taught to treat the symptom. Okay. What's your symptom? I have migraine headaches. Okay. Take this medicine for the migraine headaches. What else is your symptom? I have anxiety. Okay. Take this for the anxiety. I have insomnia. Take this for the insomnia. And it's all you're doing is putting uh, patches on the framework. You're not actually looking deep inside and finding out what's going on. And, and Dr. Gordon really 
really looks inside to find out what's going on and fixes the problem at the source. Uh, I'm not alone in that I have come off every single medicine the VA had me on. And there were people on your film who are on the exact same medicines as me. I mean, they can just, everyone can rattle off the cocktail and they're not easy to come off of. But once you do, and, and I was worried about coming off them, but once you do, you, you feel tremendous. I feel better than I ever did on any of the medic medications from the VA. Yeah, it's just amazing how many people get pharmaceuticals pushed at them. And Alan, my husband, was on many, 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 maybe 28 medicines and pharmaceuticals. And he was like a zombie, to be honest, and, and couldn't really function. And now most all these 10 different protagonists in the film are off all those medications. Mm -hmm. Every one of them, even like the gymnast and Annie, the Naval Academy girl who, who was raped. And they're doing really great. I mean, it's it's absolutely like their whole lives have turned around. And we just want to educate the public and and create awareness of what's possible, not just with, you know, Dr. Gordon's protocols, but also with hyperbaric oxygen therapy, with TMS, you know, transcranial magnetic stimulation, which is what the Super Bowl MVP Mark Rippon did. There are so many methods now that are actually helping TBI and PTSD that we want everyone to know about it so that the 20 men, women who commit suicide each day as veterans, that number can come way down, hopefully. Sure. It's it's all interconnected. And that's that's the thing that I think a lot of people, you, you know, we're, we're just kind of stuck in this groove of 21st century medicine and people believe that they are broken and need, you know, these medicines to keep them going. And it's, it's not the case. Um, it's really not the case. And I, again, I sound like a broken record on this podcast, but, uh, if it can, now I, I was under the assumption that I could never be helped. You know, I was like, this is just who I am and this is how I'm going to go through life. And like I said, six months ago, I was half of what I am now. Uh, and then, Six years ago, I was a tenth of what I am now. Uh, we had, you know, yeah. new babies in the house, and I could. Oh, speaking of babies, my wife during the movie she loved that Alan was a cuddler for the newborns. Yes, yes. that was it. Made her cry. That was uh, a really nice thing. Uh, does he still do that? You know, we have five grandchildren of our own now, so he doesn't cuddle um, here in California. He did the cuddling in Massachusetts. He was the first male ever to do it. And the doctors said to him, you know, it's really great, Alan, because when they used to hear a male voice, it was always poking and prodding these babies and they were sure. not happy. But now with you and having a male voice, you know, soothe them, it's really great for the babies. So it was just ironic that Andrew was going to have twins. And I said to him and Becky, can I film it? And then Alan ended up cuddling those twins at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, I want to bring this up because I like to do some research and why not? You had spoken with an astrologer. I assume someone that, um, right. I don't even know what that is to be honest with you, but she told you that in the future, you would not only be in the film industry, but you would be making successful films about health and wellness. Right. How did and she that was, that? Um, so my daughter, Heather is now 43 years old. It was when Heather was about eight years old. She was on a movie set uh, in Massachusetts. She was a child actress. It was the next Karate Kid. And I was sitting under a tree and I had this woman meet me. She didn't know anything about me. She didn't know what kind of car I drove or where I lived or anything. At the time I was in the trucking business. 
and she looked at my chart and she jumped up and she said, I, I, I just, I don't know how I'm going to tell you this, but you are going to be somebody like who's going to affect millions of people in the world. And you're going to be helping people with healing and health. And I thought she was crazy because I'm not a doctor and I'm not, <laughs> you know, a scientist. And she said, and you're going to be making movies. And I, I'm just so honored to know you. It was really crazy. And my life has unfolded that way, actually. And now I really only make movies that are going to help people and positively influence society. That is so bizarre. Um, I used to run another podcast where we would we would dive very deep into that because I'm a skeptic at heart, but I hear so many stories like this and I, I my, my mind has to find out what that is. What, how can someone see that and how can someone make that? And um, that, that's just a crazy story. Now, so at, at the time, obviously your daughter was in film uh, or in the, the industry. I understand you were in the trucking industry Yes. Okay. Yes, How I was the first. Well, I was the first female in the Northeast corridor to open a trucking company and do all the freight negotiations for Fortune 500 companies to haul their freight around the country. And I, I loved mathematics. And at the time, I didn't know, but it was really getting me ready to be a producer. And I was learning all the producerial skills as well as the Teamsters. And I wrote a story about a woman in the trucking business, and that's how I got into the movie business. So that book is on my website, jerryshare.com, but that's how it all happened, really. There's a sea of people that want to make films. What is it about someone who's successful like yourself? I mean, you won pretty much the apex of filmmaking, uh, getting an Emmy Award, versus well, I guess the Oscar, right? Oh, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to insult your award. No, no, they're both good. <laughs> okay. There you go. There you go. Um, so what is it about someone that can make it to that level versus the sea of people that just kind of disappear? Well, it's interesting that you say that because I meet a lot of those people out here and we call them wannabes. Uh -huh. They, they want to be, but they don't really do, do it, you know? Um, I think you have to have nerves of steel. You have to be able to move mountains. You have to have perseverance that is beyond belief. I just, my vocabulary doesn't have the word no in it. And I like to make things happen no matter what. I was trained by Tony Robbins many, many years ago. And I really believe that my skills and my abilities come from a lot of my training from Tony. Um, you know, I walked on the hot coals. I <laughs> broke wood with my bare hands, the whole thing. And it was the trucking company that hired Tony to train us. But I just believe that something was inside me. And I was actually put on this earth to do this work, to help other people through the medium of film and television. And I'm not sure why I was chosen because, you know, like I say, I'm not a healer and I'm not a scientist and I'm not a psychologist, but somehow I've been given those skills because when you're a director on a movie set, you actually have to be like the captain of a ship and you have to be the psychologist and the home cook and you have to be everything. You have to do so many different skills that, you know, you just can't think about it. It has to come naturally. And I have somehow trained myself to do that. So I think the other people who haven't gotten to that point they just give up too easily. I can see that. I can see that being an issue um, and maybe taking things personally. And mm -hmm. a lot of this, a lot of this can actually translate into mental health and into the, the veteran world and that stick to perseverance, um, 
not taking things personally. That's a huge one. And I think people's egos are bruised very easily and they don't like the feeling. I, I didn't, I get rejected all the time. I mean, it's part of doing interviews. I have to talk to people and, and you just can't let that happen and you just have to keep going. And that's, that's really a, a great attitude. And it's probably what brought you uh, to the level of, of getting an Emmy award. Well, Sally, when you talk about not, when you said about not taking anything personally, I think beyond that and as part of that it's that i never want to get too high or too low i try to stay completely even keel so it's if you if you're always even keel you won't have the highs and lows and that's really really important the other thing that i do that's so important is i never let negativity into my brain i don't read news i don't read newspapers i don't watch news <laughs> i only focus on positivity in every aspect of my life you must be avoiding the news like the plague then over the last six months. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're not it, kidding. It's, it's one of the rough things with, um, you know, when you do a podcast or you do something, even I would assume a blog writer or whatever, uh, the marketing tool that's available in the 21st century is social media. And I, I have, I'm no longer even market on Twitter cause I just can't because you go on there and it's just evil it's bad vibrations. You get down these negative, I guess, rabbit holes. And afterwards, you don't feel good. You know, even though it doesn't affect you personally, it's it's bad vibrations, <laughs> for lack of a better way to put it. And I could actually see that having a, an effect on me, on my creativity. So that's fantastic. I should I should take a, um, a stab at, at actually doing that. Here's one for you. Uh, we have a guy, I'll just call him out. Why not? Um, I have a friend named Ronnie who is actually making a documentary about the irreverent warriors. Uh, I think it's fantastic. What advice would you give him or anyone else who's listening that might be interested in doing something uh, in that medium of film or documentary? Well, the first and foremost is do your research. You really have to know your subject inside out and upside down research 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 know your people i mean the biggest thing is getting the the right and the good interviews i i remember many years ago when i was working in new york one of the guys from dateline saw some of my interviews and he said oh jerry i wish i could interview as well as you do and i thought wow if that's coming wow. from dateline i'm all set so it's it's just you know having the empathy and the compassion for these people whoever it is and whoever you're working with because that's when you get the story that's when you get the heart. Um, so you have to have authenticity, truthfulness, you know, have empathy, compassion. Those are all really important elements, especially for documentary. And you have to have resources. You know, you have to hire the right people. Not everyone is a good animator. Not everyone is a good composer. So I surround myself with people as good as me or better. Okay. So in any art form that is telling a story, whether it's writing a book, writing a, a article, or I assume making a movie, you have to be willing to, they put it badly, but they said, you have to be willing to kill the baby. And I said, what, is, what does that mean? Take something that you love and you're like, I got to make this work. I got to shoehorn it in. It's beautiful, but cut it, just cut it and, and get it down to the, the, I don't know the the bare bones, and that actually is what makes for good for good content. I don't know. Do you agree? Well, that's the hardest part is making oh. a short piece and and whittling it down. When I made the five minute short, step up and won the Emmy. 
that was harder than probably making a feature, which is 99 minutes, because if you want to be <coughs> telling a very important story in a short little mm. way, it's got to be so impactful and so compelling. The hardest thing about a documentary is you have 700 hours of material and you're whittling oh. it down to 90 minutes or whatever. You know, you're shooting for a year and a half or two years or whatever. And sometimes, you know, you interview 40 people before you get the right one that you know is going to be in the movie. But that's what's the best stories. You know, when you've when you've got the cream of the crop and, and you're, you're not just settling. So I, I take it as weaving threads together and making a tapestry, making this gigantic puzzle and then putting every piece together that fits well. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the hardest things to do. I try to keep these episodes short, but ah, I don't know. It's, it's, you, you hear like a bit of advice or something that someone says, and you, you really don't want to, to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> what are your feelings on the new generation of filmmakers? And, and I, I'm not asking you to, you know, poo poo anyone's art out there. What I'm saying is a person can literally shoot a narrative on their cell phone. They can edit it on their cell phone. They can upload it on their cell phone to YouTube and they can make lots of money with using something the size of a wallet that we didn't have 20 years ago. Uh, I imagine there's a culture shock there considering you must have come from early days using film before digital media, correct? My first documentary we shot in 16, super 16 millimeter film yeah <laughs> there, there was no such thing as digital at that time but you know i have to say this i think that a lot of being a good filmmaker comes from what you have inside you and have been have lived so for people who are quite young and just you know taking their iphone and shooting stuff they haven't exactly maybe gone through all the things that i've gone through as someone you know who's lived 20 30 years in different you know, types of jobs and scenarios and had the, the breadth of people in their lives. So I don't know how it's going to affect the outcome of their piece. You know what I mean? It, it's going to be quite different. Maybe it's going to be op art or pop art or, you know, cartoonish or animation. On the other mm -hmm. hand, I see my 11 year old grandson doing some phenomenal things on his little, uh, you know, iPad. And I'm, I'm like blown away. Like, yeah. how could he be doing that? So there's, there's a place in it for everyone. And I think each person can do something creative, you know, whether they have the experience or whether they're going to learn the experience as they go along. Mm -hmm. I have a, a good buddy that would take pictures and put them on Instagram. And he was upset because he said, all I can get is 100, 150 followers. And I said, put yourself 30 years ago. Could you imagine taking a picture and then having a gallery with 130 people came in to look at it and enjoyed it? And he right. was like, you know, I never really thought of it that way. And yes, we are getting a flood of content out there. Not all of it's good. It's harder to find the good stuff, but it's also giving a voice to people that otherwise might not have the means to be able to tell these stories. Right. You're yeah, absolutely it's right. It's a very, very good observation. Yeah. And it's, I mean, 
everything from podcasting to even social media and YouTube. I, I love it. I, I constantly, the, the artists that I have do the intro music on, on my episodes, I literally just go through YouTube and I listen and I listen and I try to find someone that's good that doesn't have that many followers and we bring them on because why not? Um, mm -hmm. That's what it's all about. Uh, how effective is film versus other mediums in, in communicating a message. And, and specifically, I'm asking a message that's kind of complicated, especially with TBI and, you know, all the side effects that, that come from us. How, how well do you think this is going to communicate to your audience? Well, I'm glad you said that because it's always been my philosophy that a picture is worth a thousand words. And in that vein, I think film is the most the easiest and best way to convey a, an important story because not everybody's going to sit there and read a book about TBI. It's going to be too difficult for them or they're going to get distracted or they're not going to understand everything on the page. But if it's whittled down into stories of real people that they can, maybe they can't associate with each of the 10 characters, but maybe they associate with one of them. Or, or their wife associates with one of them, like your wife loved the cuddling thing. Mm -hmm. They will remember that movie and that story for a very long time. It's just like when people still talk about Gone with the Wind or Casablanca, you know, or, or Mr. Holland's Opus. Uh, these movies are part of us forever. That's not necessarily the case with a poem or a book or an essay or a thesis. You know, I, I mean, I feel like somebody just contacted me who's writing, who just wrote a book to write a, a, a forward or some, you know, some quotes for him. And I'm thinking this, this would make a great learn more from the movie than just does that make sense yeah because it's 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 easily digestible it's and and you can actually see the people you relate to them it's just how our brains function tell me about the warrior angels foundation now i've i've brought it up a bunch and i don't know if i ever give it justice but you have worked very closely with andrew and i assume you guys are are close friends by it sounds like the stories yes very yeah our our families are very close. Uh, Andrew Marr and Adam Marr started the Warrior Angels Foundation and then hooked up with Dr. Mark Gordon. And together they decided we want to have this platform to help all the veterans who need to be on these protocols. So it was, it was just amazing. I think Andrew decided that he needed to give back and help others. And that's how he would start healing. His dad, Woody, said to him, if you start helping other people, you'll get better. And that's exactly what happened. And if you notice in the end of our movie, you see that all of the 10 protagonists are giving back in some way or another to society. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Mark Rippon, he started that pediatric hospital in Spokane to help all the children. It's amazing that when you're helping other people, somehow it helps yourself. So the Warrior Angels Foundation is to give these veterans a chance to have the protocols at a much lesser, you know, affordable rate. Um, and it's nothing compared to what they're spending on the pharmaceuticals. Way less. Sure, absolutely. And it's, it's kind of disheartening in that a lot of us, you know, we're, we're forced to pay out of pocket because the VA isn't really on board yet. And most medical agencies aren't on board yet with these, I guess you could call them outside the box treatments. Right. 
but they seem to be more effective. <laughs> so well, it's like, it's true. It's more effective. It's very effective. And just before COVID, like in February, Andrew and Dr. Gordon were in the UK. They had been called by the military there to do a presentation and they were so impressed they were going to institute it in the uh, UK military. That was all in the works when COVID happened and, you know, kind mm. of the brakes got put on a little bit. But I have a funny feeling that the UK military will be putting it in their, in their whole um, military group before the US. I hope they do. I hope they do because I can think of hundreds of veterans that I try to convince, hey, maybe check this out or, or maybe, you know, try an anti-inflammatory diet, you know, maybe try some meditation, just something outside the box. It's very difficult to do because you're talking about lifestyle changes and you're talking about, I guess, I don't, I don't know what the term would be, um, belief in the efficacy of something like that. It, it takes work, it takes time and it takes belief but once well, you it's feel... the unusual. It's like, yeah. it's exactly what you said. It's thinking outside the box. And military people are supposed to think one way usually. You know, they follow a regimen. They follow a schedule. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, normal for them to think outside the box. That's right. That, that's right. And we're not, and, and speaking from a medical standpoint, um, and I, I speak very openly about it, and and to practice medicine and be board certified, uh, it's a very dangerous game to play, but I mean, I, I have to do what's right for the patient. So I find that taking the time to talk to patients and say, you know, maybe try not, you know, eating sugar for six weeks, maybe try going to bed an hour, an hour earlier. Here's something crazy. Try going outside, take your shoes off and walk around in your backyard for 15 minutes with your feet on the ground. Little things like that, that the, the med boards would say, what are you telling our patients to do? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're telling them to fast, you're telling them to meditate, you're telling them to eat meat and whole foods and stay away from oatmeal and rye bread. And it's, the problem is it works. And the argument is if they do this, they have to come off their medications because their medications become too strong. Take like a blood sugar medicine. And it's like, duh, that's what we want to do. That's called being a human and having your body work the way it's intended to work. And that kind of brings us in full circle. What I said at the very beginning is, um, you know, humans have been around for hundreds of thousands of years and, Yes, TBI and yes, PTS and, and all of its side effects are complicated, but the answer may be very simple. It might be just just return to who you're supposed to be as a human. Get your, your body's, um, I don't want to call them supplements, but the, the neurosteroids and all these things that Dr. Gordon puts you on, get those back up to normal. Uh, get off these medicines that have horrible side effects and, mm -hmm. and be amazed. And maybe we can see some of these numbers go down. Yeah, get, get the hormones back in your brain that are supposed to be there. And you, you have to replenish all of those important hormones in the right levels to get back to the person you, need, you will be at your optimal when those hormones are working for you. But mostly when you have TBI and PTSD, they're gone. They're missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, and I don't want to speak out of context with, um, with Dr. Gordon here, but if I could say... It's the blood work he takes and the levels that he looks at is almost like a thumbprint of TBI. You know, he can look at that and say, oh, yeah, you know, we, we can change these around or we can get these levels back up to where they're supposed to be at a physiological level. And, and you'll be amazed at how you feel. I think Andrew said 
he he took a shot of the blended testosterone as kind of a trial thing and he he had a cinderella moment where he drove home feeling like a man again and right. you know being on top of the world and i mean that's just amazing so folks can find uh folks can find out more about this movie uh, let's 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 drive people to where they can see it where they can get updates and um everything that you want to tell the 50,000 irreverent warrior hikers that are out there. Thank you. Well, quietexplosions.com is our website. And the best way to stay abreast of what's happening and when the movie's coming out, which day and all that in November, is to go to our Facebook page and like it, Quiet Explosions, on our Facebook page. And just like it, and you'll get updates on there. I'll be posting in the next six weeks or so, Andrew, me, Dr. Gordon, we'll be posting quite a bit, like clips from the film, quotes from doctors, some really interesting things. And our poster is up there now. So, and Andrew's on the poster, you'll see it. It's a great uh, so, poster, and Annie, very powerful. Well, that's our, our um, distributor, Cinema Libre Studio, and they focus mainly only on documentaries. Okay, well, thank you for coming on. Again, I think this is one of those things that my listeners are gonna hear me say over and over again, only because I, I get how it makes you feel. I don't miss doing all the things that I used to do because now I can be uh, an attentive father. I can be focused on work and I can get all these things done and not be dragging around. So I, I do say it a lot, but this message is really, really important. And I'm so glad that we, we got to meet. I'm so glad I met Andrew. And um, I hope we can get this out to as many people as possible because it's such good information. And I think it can save a lot of lives. Thank you so much. The goal is to save more lives and make That's people it. have a better life, a wholesome mm -hmm. life. And we will do that together. And I'm just so grateful that you had me on. I really appreciate it, Sully. I'm so you know flattered and, and happy that we met and that you're spreading the word for Quiet Explosions. Absolutely. Like I said, it changed my life and hope it'll change more lives. Thank you for coming on. Thank you and, for um, having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Give your, your husband my best and um, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you right. so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, Sully. Bye. Be well.